cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Lulu Sway, co-founder of On The Revo. Lulu, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing well. As you see, it's fall in the uh, eastern part of the country, also called the right coast versus the left coast. And uh, excited to be uh, chopping up with you guys today. When did you see it for more that this could be an opportunity for a profession and something that you wanted to kind of get into? I mean, I think I debated pro-cannabis legalization. Remember like mock Congress in high school? Like, I mean, (laughs) so since a very young age, but, you know, um, within the, let's call it the legacy world, right? My aunties and uncles, it was already something that they were doing to provide for the family. So um, it never really crossed my mind that that would be going to such a large scale. So um, in 2015, uh, when it became legal in, or adult use became legal in Washington state, um, my buddies from Root Sciences, you know, called me back and and they were very gracious and supportive. And um, they asked if I wanted to help them fix their uh, tech platform that they were using at that time. I think it was BioTrack. And there was nothing I could do because at that time, BioTrack closed off all the APIs. So I was like, guys, I can't really do anything with this. Um, so they were just like, well, why don't you stay and see if there's anything you want to do in cannabis? It was all new. Um, so they are tier three grower and producer also. Um, so I'd say like they eat their own dog food. They grow weed. They, you know, they do manufacturing and processing around it. But the other part that was really interesting to me was the machine side, right? So my my whole family is a bunch of nerds, like they're all engineers. So I'm like, how do you get this plant into this oil, into this distillate, into like this isolate? And, um, and now we see all the, the wealth and breadth of different types of products that are out there. And blending that with your UX UI design, how, how does the transition? I just ask a lot of questions. I always say like with user experience, you're not really an expert. You're just kind of an expert at learning how people do things. And your whole purpose is to drive um, design and creating tools for people that will be helpful for their workflow. One of the things that I've heard about your event is that it's the perfect blend of the cross-section of all the different personalities. And I'm wondering how you're able to highlight the diverse backgrounds of the individuals, because that's a challenge we've seen in cannabis is that it not not everyone gets highlighted the right way. So I'm curious to know how you how you balance that challenging perspective. Oh, that's a good question. I think one, we were early seeders in this, right? So like we we built a pretty good reputation of trying to be intentional with everything that we do. Like we don't want, I call these beige, the beige conferences and trade shows. Like it's, it's beige carpet, it's beige walls, it's beige food. It's kind of beige people, beige turn. Um, and that's one thing uh, Jacoby and I were just like, every conference we go to, it just doesn't really resonate with us. And like, we're in New York. And the thing that I love about New York, sorry, Kellen, is the fact that um, it's multi, it's like, multifaceted right like west coast love you guys it's a very one note right i'm like oh okay you're from this part you have you know adopted your dog from the shelter you recycle and compost sometimes you do like a microdose regimen you know (laughs) like it's 
it's kind of standard. And then on the on the East Coast, anything you're interested in, like you'll find something or someone that you can connect with out here. So like that's that's one of the biggest things. So I think just being in New York and just having all the different things you're interested in and you you're kind of forced to be outgoing, right? Like it's New York is New York City. Sorry, I don't know about upstate or to the east. Sorry, Brian. It's definitely a city of type A personalities that are strivers. So you're you're used to people like just being and going after things. So I think that's one thing too, is you can have multiple interests. Like I'm inviting my friends from fashion, from TV and video and and you know, entertainment from um design from art from music like there's so much of that that you're crossing different boundaries all the time that you're able to bring that then i think also being raised with legacy like aunties and uncles it's also easy to drop into that world and just be like hey like i need to honor this this is where i learned my information and you got to respect you know, you got to learn from the past to be able to problem solve for the for the future. And like everyone deserves an opportunity to cross over if they want to. What is the difference between the gray market and the legacy market? Legacy. Oh, gosh. So what we're seeing in New York is the gray market is actually hurting addressable market and market share across the board. Right. So legacy market, I would say. You know, folks that have been in this game for a while, maybe it was socioeconomic reasons. Maybe there was, you know, they were coming out of the Vietnam War and maybe they were coming out of X, Y, and Z. It was a necessity and probably one of the only options that they people had to make money. Gray market, still underground, but to me, it's just a lot of opportunists that have come in, the smoke shops, like they're here. I mean, Every market, it's the same circle. I mean, the same cycle, right? So, like, at some point, maybe the state will shut them down. We'll see what happens. It's always kind of this whack a mole thing with with the gray market. And I've seen a lot of my friends in the legacy market in New York. Like, some of them had to shut down. Like, you know, I just talked to one friend. I was like, "Oh, those fifty, seventy five hundred thousand days are gone." You know, like, there's just so many so many smoke shops opening up and other things and like the consumers aren't aware of what's going on because we're limited in advertising also dream smoking session three people dead or alive oh dream smoking session maya angelou would be one of them mary j blige for sure and my mom beautiful yeah the family element is always a fun addition you're like mom yeah it's mary j blige mary, maya angelou you and me yeah <laughs> what is the most expensive lesson you have learned due diligence oh my god due diligence i think i my biggest expensive six-figure lesson was forming with the wrong partners and having to pay lawyers to uh disengage with that so everything i'm saying about due diligence like these are lessons that that i wish someone would have told me Back in the day. When you got started your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? Um, I got right working with the right people. The Roots guys, they're, <laughs> I call them the brothers I never wanted. We met when we were 19, but they were family. 
So finding people that are not keeping things to their ch- like close to their chest that are open to sharing, open to to ideas. Um, again, like I've been really fortunate other than other than that big fuck up with being really impressed. I was trying to raise money at a tech platform. I was doing all of the check boxes that you're supposed to do when you're like a tech entrepreneur. I really got swayed with people's resumes. I got swayed with their reputation within the industry. And with weed right now, I'm like, if you are coming as an executive leadership C-suite, if you aren't able to roll up your sleeves, um, because a lot of times when you're in other industries, these folks have teams, right? Like they're the strategists, they have teams to execute. That's not the case with weed. So if if you want to come in, make sure you know that there's not really a team as of yet in most cases that are going to like execute for you. So roll up your sleeves. I got the ones that didn't really want to, <laughs> that had use of teams and it just got really awkward and uncomfortable. And um, it was the biggest lesson is don't, don't get swayed by someone's experience. All right. Prediction time. Lulu, what one thing can be done immediately to incorporate legacy into regulated markets? I grandfather them in. Delivery service, boom. Like, How would that work? What, like, what do you think? Like, Expand a little bit. I would say pair them with business people. Like, here's, I always think that in New York, it'd be great to like have co-roles, right? You have someone who's an expert in this from New York that's got, you know, that can get shit done. And someone from another market that has experience with cannabis. And you kind of, pair them together. I also think they'd be great. Like their compensation structure would be based on like KPIs and metrics that they both can meet together. Just thank you. So Lulu, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to attend their events. Where can they find more information? Yeah. So um, you can always email me. I'm like, we're all, our team is very approachable. Just Lulu at on the rebel.com Instagram. We have a great social team um, that will get back to you on the rebel. Yeah, come to our industry night. Come meet the folks. Come meet the people. Like like you said, um, we love to create the rooms. Like we think that every room has amazing people. We want to create the room where all the good people can come in and like, you know, everyone's approachable. You get to really like just be in, in good good vibes with good people, you know, enjoying conversation, enjoying products, enjoying, you know, food and drink and, you know, this old world way of connecting over over cannabis. Love it. Yeah. Looking forward to attending. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. 
As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.